usually on Sunday evenings is the opportunity that I have to reach out to my, my parents. Usually have a chance to check out and see how the week went. Opportunity just to kind of see how things are going. Share a little bit of what's going on here and for me to listen to them and what's going on. So many times there's always an update on my niece and nephew. This particular time my nephew is four years old and so, you know, a lot of energy moving around. Uh, on Memorial Day they were out at the lake and uh, he had an accident on his bicycle. So my sister and my brother-in-law in some sense maybe not good parenting but recognized that maybe it would be good if he had a helmet, right? Riding on bicycles now, the training wheel's gone, probably time for a helmet. So uh, two weeks ago, he ended up at the emergency room, which probably is going to be the first of many visits. Uh, he had some stitches on his chin. Um, so just talking to my mom, I asked him, well, you know, now that he's in the emergency room, had this accident on his bike, has he kind of calmed down or slowed down, or what's been the result? Mom said that once he got that helmet, he is going twice as fast. Because <laughs> he feels invincible, right? Mom said he even puts it on when he goes. He climbs trees, playing on the jungle gym. She said he's doing more than he was doing before because he's got his helmet, right? He's in some sense protected. He's safe. He is invincible. And I share that bigger story just in light of the gospel today. Definitely the blessings of these two particular people who were cured. And definitely Jesus cured many people. There was also a sense to say that there's probably many people whom he didn't necessarily cure. Many of his healings were done that people may come to believe that he truly was the Messiah. Very interesting, in many of the particular incidences of healing are usually moments that nothing else in the world worked. We hear with the woman with the hemorrhage, right? That she uh, tried many times with all the different doctors and nothing seemed to work. She, in some sense, had exhausted all of her options. Her last chance was to reach out and to touch Jesus. A belief that she had that maybe this could cure her. And that belief and that faith healed her. It was the faith that she had to reach out Try one more time to touch Jesus, and she was healed. Even one could say, too, with the uh, parents of uh, this Jairus, who was a synagogue official, his wife, and their 12-year-old daughter is sick. Even, too, she dies. Even the servant comes and says, don't bother the master anymore. She has passed. Let us move on. And Jesus says, no, she is just sleeping. Let me see her. And he touches her, brings her back to life, and he says, give her something to eat, right? Feed her. She is alive. She will live. And he says that it was the faith of the parents. He said, right? Do not be afraid. Have faith. Maybe in some sense, too, for us, the realization that suffering is part of the world that we live in. Right? Even Jesus suffered, right? You could say that he suffered horrifically, um, but his crucifixion on the cross. But he entered into that suffering. He had faith in his father, that his father would raise him from the dead. But even for us, too, having faith doesn't necessarily mean that suffering won't happen. Not having faith doesn't mean that suffering won't, won't happen. 
Suffering is, again, part of the sinful world that we live in. But Jesus invites us to not be afraid and to have faith. He invites us to go through the world with faith and trust in Him. Not necessarily going to the world wondering when the next time we will suffer. Maybe wondering how we will respond to the suffering or how much pain it will cause us. But God invites us to go through the world and live throughout the world with faith in Him. With the freedom to trust in Him. It was interesting that opening prayer, it spoke about light and darkness, right? It's kind of interesting that when we come into the light, what do you many times see? My mom would come into my room and turn on the light, and I would see how dirty everything was, right? <laughs> um, when we enter into the light, which God calls us to live in the light, we have to recognize that many times we're going to see our errors. Many times we're going to see the faults. Many times we're going to see the sufferings and struggles. Many times we're going to see the shortcomings when we desire to live in the light, when we desire to live in the truth, right? We will see many of the mistakes and our struggles and our own sinfulness, our own weak human nature. But God says, don't pay attention to the errors, right? Pay attention to Him. Do not be afraid. Have faith. I want to encourage you as you leave Mass today, as we go out back into the regular routine of life, that you may in some sense kind of see this helmet that you put on as your faith. And I hope that you go out even more invincible of desiring to live in God's faith, to live in His love, and not to be worried of what's going to happen at work tomorrow, and what's going to happen at class tomorrow, what's going to happen when you take your finals next week, um, what's going to happen with your new roommates in the fall, what's going to happen with a new job, or whatever you might be going through in your own life. That you may in some sense put your faith and trust in God, that He will be with you as you go through it. That you're not so worried about maybe your habitual sins, or so worried about your struggles. Um, we go with this with God in light and in truth, right? We recognize the truth, and we trust in God. We put on our faith, and we desire to live life as faithful people. We desire to live life, in some sense, wide open, right? To live it to the fullest. So I encourage you, uh, what is maybe keeping you from having faith in God? What is, in some sense, maybe keeping you from putting on the helmet of faith, putting on a trust and a belief in God, and desiring to see the world maybe in a different light, to see it through faith in God, right? Maybe the last image that I will leave you with is, last week I had the opportunity to go on retreat, which is almost a, a blessing. And usually priests go on a retreat once a year for about five or seven days. It's always an opportunity to kind of recenter and refocus. And maybe we'll leave you with one of the blessings that I received from that retreat is that a sense of a shift, instead of going to the world to fix things first, going to God first to fix things. And I know it's a very slight, maybe, difference or thought. It probably will take a long time for me and maybe many of us to make that shift. But a desire with faith to go to God first to fix your problems. To go to God first to give to you your sinful struggles and maybe the things that you're afraid to share. To go to God first um, with what is ever ailing you or whatever pain that you have. To go to God first with faith. And in some sense, allowing everything else to work itself out. 
The, off, the world offers many solutions, and many of those solutions are good. But God offers eternal life. God offers eternal rest with Him in heaven. God offers Himself as He sacrifices Himself on the cross. God enters into the suffering uh, that brings new life. May you have the faith to live life to the fullest each day. And you desire to go with faith to God first with everything. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.